Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today. I'm your host, Leah Mastin, for Top Industry Professionals Tip International Radio Podcast, where we are showcasing prestigious top professionals from all industries all over the globe to share their experience and stories of success. My amazing co-host is here with me, and we are so honored to have her as a host of the show. Originally from Namibia, she was crowned Miss Universe in 1992. Please welcome Michelle McLean. Hey guys, hi listeners, and wow, it's almost Christmas, celebration time, And but we had our own celebration, right, Leah, and uh, we've got our wonderful Dr. Behani here, who obviously we had such an awesome time at this gala awards. We are here to tell the story. <laughs> well, without further ado, uh, we want to welcome our very special guest, all the way from Texas, who's a leader in the healthcare industry. He's an infectious disease specialist who is an expert in detecting and treating difficult to treat diseases such as HIV or foreign country airborne infections. Now that's a mouthful. So it's uh, foreign country airborne infections. Now we want to hear all about this, but most recently uh, you've been involved in the diagnosis and treatment and developing infection control plans for COVID. We want to hear all about that too. He's assistant professor of internal medicine at Texas Christian University and the University of North Texas Health Sciences School of Medicine. And he was just recently honored at the IAOTP's annual awards gala at the Plaza Hotel in New York, where we had a lot of fun. And you were also recently honored um, as physician of the year by IOTP. Everyone, please welcome Dr. Nikhil Biani. Welcome, and we are so excited to have you as our guest today. Thank you. Good morning, and you know, happy holidays to everyone. It's a pleasure, you know, joining you guys this morning. Yes, happy holidays. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Bayani. You have close to two decades of experience as a world-renowned infectious disease physician. Tell us what got you involved in this industry. Was it always the career path you wanted to lead? Sure. So you know, probably I trace it back to my undergraduate days when I was a biology major and, you know, I was fascinated by cell biology. And this is of course the mid nineties where HIV treatment is coming up to the forefront. And that really caught my attention. And as I, you know, further moved along, read everything that would pertain to cell biology. And I was just fascinated by the way, you know, the HIV treatment and the way the virus here attacks the, you know, um, our, our cells that protect, make up our immune system. And it just always, you know, that curiosity always interested me that, you know, look at how small these cells are and how brilliant are they in communicating in trying to protect our immune systems. And especially now with the HIV treatment, it literally blocks the viral replication at every level. So that way your cells are protected and the human body is the human, the immune system is not compromised. So that's what really caught my attention back when I was in college. So, so just to, to ask you, were you part of the initial um, scientific development of the HIV drug? Actually, I was not, I was still pretty young. I was not even uh, what we call, I was still pre-med. Right. But in terms of later on in my career, where I trained at University of Illinois in Chicago, my mentor actually and my um, research um, attending, you know, he was actually on the forefront of the development of HIV therapy and actually 
was quite involved in setting up the first known HIV outreach clinics, which became a model for various large cities. So I had the privilege in working in one of these HIV clinics when I was a, you know, um, an infectious disease fellow at University of Illinois in Chicago. So that's, I mean, that's just amazing that you had that contact. And, and just, I'm sure our listeners are very interested. What does a typical day or week look like for you? We know that you're working on these highly scientific things, but I mean, you're just an ordinary guy, right? <laughs> I am. I'm just an ordinary person doing an ordinary job, you know, that's it. No, I mean, actually for me, when I was a full-time, you know, being a full-time clinician, you know, literally I would start my day like around 7.30 in the morning and probably finish up around later on, in the, probably in the evening around 6.37, you know, just seeing patients and of course being involved in some of the medical leadership meetings. And the reason we have these meetings is because we're trying to keep, you know, our patients safe. We also want to make sure that our patients are getting the proper care and also keeping our colleagues safe also. And then eventually three years ago, I moved up a little bit more of an administrative role where I became a physician advisor for Texas Health Resources. And my part-time is the clinical work. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to visualize. So you spend more time in the office um, than you now do with patients. Do you miss that? Actually, I really, Actually, you know, it's a good balance. Let's put it that way. And, you know, one thing that's nice is that spending more time in the office and spending time in the clinic and in the clinic and the hospital setting, a lot of physicians, you know, tend to gather more respect and will buy into your methodology because they know that you're, you're seeing both ends of the table. You're helping the patients and also you're more on policy-making and administrative side also. Being in um, healthcare the past two years and working in hospitals during the pandemic um, must have had a tremendous impact on you both personally and professionally. Tell us how COVID has impacted you and your life. I'll tell you in the beginning, you know, there was a lot of unknowns and the personal story that I'm going to share is that, you know, back on March, that first week of March of 2020, we were in Paris. And when the world shut down, we were in Paris. And of course, everybody is calling me, texting me, emailing me. It's like, oh, hey, how are you going to get out of here? You're an infectious disease specialist for a system. And I was like, we're going to get out of here. You know, I mean, it's not like we are trapped. But literally, I remember going to Paris's Charles de Gaulle airport, literally, by the time we got to the airport watching the news, everything had shut down. I was like, wow, we were just at the Eiffel Tower yesterday. It's closed. The Louvre is closed. And literally every day I was like wondering what's going to be coming up next? What's going to happen tomorrow? Because there was no treatment. Yeah. Patients are coming in sick. We could not even get routine testing. I remember calling the health department just to get testing done, that was based on the CDC guidelines. Now we have home testing, drive-through testing, and we at least understand and we know a little bit more of the virus and we got even the vaccines. Yeah, it, it seems like um, there was a lot to deal with, not only logistically and bureaucratically, but also you being on, on the front line, having to actually make sure that people are protected. It's just, it's, 
it's overwhelming, I think, in my mind that, you know, that you're, you're in this industry and that you see this every day. Um, and there's so many questions I have around it. But we got to share with everybody, you know, during your illustrious career, you won numerous awards, honors, and you were featured in the magazine. Last week, you were honored by the IOTP's annual awards gala at the Plaza Hotel for your selection as top physician of the year. You appeared on the famous Reuters billboard in Times Square. You graced the front cover of Tip Magazine. <laughs> You're a real celebrity. You were also selected to have a chapter dedicated to you in the IOTP's Top 50 Fearless Leaders publication coming out in 2022. So congratulations. What an impressive career indeed. And I'm sure that there must be some highlights or something that stands out for you that's memorable in this very busy career that you've had. <sighs> Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what really stands out and you know, it's really humbling to be recognized by an extreme esteemed group of people. And, you know, I always, the first thing I always ask is what did I do to deserve this? And number two, what really stands out is it was my third year I've been in practice and we have this top doctor award for the physicians in Fort Worth. And every April, they're, they recognize the top physicians in the city. And I've just been in practice for three years. And when I, when my office manager comes up to me and goes, hey, you're not going to believe this. We just got a phone call. You're one of our top, the top physicians in Fort Worth. And I've been in practice only for three years. And when I go down that list, the first time around, I still have a copy of the magazine from 2011, where... I'm looking at the list of physicians here and I was like, you know, these are esteemed doctors that I work with and they've been in practice and very well respected in their profession. And here I am just barely made it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in practice and I really felt like, you know, this is a real honor. It really meant a lot to be recognized with other senior physicians who have are pretty well accomplished. And I just looked at that as, an opportunity for bigger and better um, things in life. And, you know, of course, I have to thank my family, friends, and colleagues for helping me and supporting me along the way. When, aside from your successful career, um, you're also a physician uh, um, advisor for the Quality Patient Safety and Infection Prevention Departments of Texas right. Health Resources. You are a sought-after speaker, um, have authored numerous publications and journals, active in your community with organizations. So tell us about that. You know, it's definitely a good, you know, of course, that's the first thing everybody asks me is, how do you manage to juggle all that? And, you know, I've been very fortunate with the people that I work with in terms of publications and journals that usually I've ended up like co-authoring and I collaborate with other people. So... You know, I tell folks that, you know, you guys deserve the credit too. Like I remember we had a publication that made it out into one of our infectious disease clinical practice journals. And I had a pre-medical student. She was a master's student actually in public health and with an emphasis in infectious disease. And I told her, you know, this is a case that you and I discussed. I really want you to write something up because this is something that's going to help you boost your career, getting a medical publication. And I'll help you co-author it. She wrote that within six months, it got published. Lo and behold, of course, now she's in medical school. And, you know, that really, 
she really turned down and looked at me like, you know, thank you so much. This is probably the best thing that has ever happened. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. And also it makes me feel good because I'm able to give the same opportunity to others and help them elevate their career path. Well, that leads me into my question. As a mentor, what is the first advice you'd give to anybody wanting to enter your field? The first advice I usually give is, you know, you know, I always tell everyone, be yourself, be natural. Number two, you know, work hard, put your best effort into what you really want to do, because even if the task is difficult, still put your mind into it, you will overcome the difficulty. I love that advice. Uh, when not working, I mean, you're so busy. Do you have time for any hobbies? Uh, what do you like to do for fun or hope to accomplish in the next five years? <laughs> well, as you probably know that, you know, I spend about quite a bit of time in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I'm a, a big NFL, you know, and NBA fan. Actually, I love to go to the NFL games. As a matter of fact, I try to go to as many Cowboy games during the year. Even though I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but just enjoy watching professional football. And then my alma mater, University of Utah, is in the Rose Bowl. So really that has caught my, you know, definitely, you know, um, when, when they went to the Super Bowl, of course, I had goosebumps because I was like, you know, wow, you know, you're going to be playing the Big Ten champion. But um, usually more into sports, watch basketball, spend time with the kids, you know, go out shopping go try different cuisines, travel. Of course, that has kind of gone down due to COVID. And, you know, that's why we were excited last week to be in New York City. You know, so definitely it was a great change. And uh, it was a pleasure just getting out into like a gala type event, which I've not done in almost over two years. Right. And, so. and tell, us, t- tell us about your family background. Um, wh- where do you come from originally? So actually, my parents are from India. I was born in Virginia, raised in Utah. My wife is from India. So, and of course, you know, my older son was born in Chicago. My younger one was born here in Dallas. So, you know, actually, when I talk to my parents, my brother and I are probably the first generation American-born Indians in the family. Right. And, and there's something incredible about the Indian culture is that you keep it so pure. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. You know, I come from um, Southern Africa and the Indian communities, there just they follow their traditions. And obviously, I, my favorite food is Indian food and uh, got to travel yeah. in. So I've been very fortunate. Right. But it really is it, it really is a fascin- uh, fascinating thing that as Indian communities, you really stick together. It really is. And even though we are you know, we consider ourselves American, but still, you know, we're pretty much ingrained into the culture. And probably that's thanks to our, you know, parents also that, and, you know, I, I tell folks and even the younger generations that, you know, even though you're an American, trace your heritage, yeah. you know, because when I was in high, and when I was a freshman in college, I took a history class called what is an American? The professor went around our small class and pointed everyone, okay, where's your ans- what's your ancestry? What's your ancestry? 
I mean, nobody's going to come out and say, yeah, you know, I'm a full-fledged American. Well, you know, a lot of folks, of course, had European heritage. For us, it's Indian heritage. And that's what makes this country unique. You know, yeah. we're a melting pot of cultures. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And that's, I've, I've been here now for seven years and I love it because, you know, you do, you get to know everything. You can be an American, but you get to have this melting pot of different cultures and experiences. Um, right. And there's and something I, I wanted to, to ask you, do you believe America um, is probably giving more opportunities to students around the world than any other country in the world in terms of, for instance, if my son had to go and study engineering in Southern Africa, he wouldn't have half the opportunities he has here, getting a master's, getting a PhD, because there's so many more experiences and opportunities to have. Would you, would you agree with that? No, definitely. It is, uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is very true. I mean, especially in any profession, you know, I would say 50 years, more than 50 years ago, that's when my dad came here for graduate school from India because the opportunities were, were plentiful. And the same thing. And that's why a lot of folks from around the world want to come to the United States to study. But as the world is getting more, is, is becoming more global, a lot of folks, I feel, are just coming over here, get some experience, and then they go back to their, you know, native country to make an impact as expatriates. And we see the same thing in the medical profession, too. Um, there's a reason why there's so many Indian physicians here from India. Is this because they have the opportunity to come here and provide, you know, further their education, but also they provide the best of health care just because the way they have been trained over there, some of the better known physicians that I know are actually from India. And a lot of older physicians who are close to retiring, they pretty much head back to India and set up their practice over there just to provide for their communities. So, you know, definitely there's ample opportunities in any industry here. Leah, I don't know if you have any more questions, but I have got another question, but sure. go, go, go ahead first. Well, go, you will, it's fine. I'm just on a roll here. Um, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on, and we didn't have a chance to speak at the gala event. Recently, South Africa having some of the best immunologists in the world mm -hmm. came out with this new Omicron virus, right? And we, unfortunately, in Southern Africa were... Um, you know, we're, we're hit with the responsibility of, oh, it's a South African strain. And it, it, it caused huge economic and tourism issues in Southern Africa. What would you say to something like that? How was it handled? I mean, clearly it wasn't handled correctly, right? It, I would say in the first couple of days, it really was not. And if anything else, you know, everyone's like putting the blame on South Africa, but really from an infectious disease perspective, South Africa has one of the most advanced, you know, viral sequencing and immunological, you know, testing. And if anything else, we should be thankful for, hey, thanks for identifying this variant, rather than just saying, here, let's just shut the whole world down and keep people from South Africa out here. Let's, because the first thing you want to, you never want to be abrupt, You num number one. Number two, you really want to look at, okay, let's analyze everything first. Analyze and then decide on what is gonna be the best approach. Um, perfect example is, is that, you know, I actually am traveling next week to India for a conference I'm speaking at. And when this information came out, immediately the Indian government said, okay, you know what, we're gonna start restricting international travelers. Yeah. I had just gotten my visa, about to 
go speak. It made me a little bit nervous that, you know, why are you guys doing this? You also have not analyzed all the data, all the facts. Let's just take a deep breath and let's be very fortunate that, you know, South Africa has provided some information on this strain. And let's hope it's not as bad as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unfortunate that the media sometimes is not controlled in the right manner. And it makes right. your job as scientists and, you know, world-renowned physicians to actually do your job properly. So hats off to you, though, for continuing the process. Yeah. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for everything. No problem. Thank you so your much. Time today. We're time. so honored to have you on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. How does everyone get hold of you? Um, can you give us your details? So usually people get a hold of me by my, of course, my, through my cell phone, email. As a matter of fact, I tell people text or email me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I even get messages from nurses on my Facebook Messenger too. Right, right. So, so what, what is your, um, your details for getting through to, say, say for instance, on your website or um, on email? Oh, I'm sorry. What was that again? Do you, do you have an email address for us for anyone to contact yeah. you? Yeah. Um, actually, the one that you guys send me the link on here, that's the email address you guys. I think you guys already have it, right? At nbiani at dfwid.com. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you wanted to say it to our, our listeners because oh, sure. I can't memorize it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No, that's my email address, the nbiani at dfwid.com. Okay, wonderful. Perfect. That amazing. Yeah. Well, I had so much fun here today. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. Send all our love to your wife. She's such Certainly. a star. Yeah, she's yeah, adorable. No, it was so no, fun she, meeting her. She had Just a great you. time with you guys, and it was a pleasure. She's actually in India right now visiting her parents. Uh, well, do so. send our love Certainly. and a safe yeah. journey. Certainly. Thank you very much. Thanks Once so again, much. Happy holidays. Happy Thank holidays. You. Uh -huh. Thanks to you, Doc. Okay. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Bye.